Post-traumatic stress disorder is more common than most physicians think. How do you treat it? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is nationally known psychopharmacologist, Dr. Jeffrey Berlant. Dr. Berlant is double-boarded in internal medicine and psychiatry. He has been very active in discovering new treatments for PTSD. Welcome. Uh, Dr. Berlant, please tell us how you go about treating post-traumatic stress disorder. There are two major modalities for treating post-traumatic stress disorder, and they often are combined. One is psychotherapy, and the other one is medication therapy. I have found in my own practice that I get surprisingly good results using psychopharmacology. There are currently only two medications that are approved by the Food and Drug Administration for the treatment of PTSD. Those are both selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, Paxil and Zoloft. I have been using another treatment, however, that I came across several years ago that is uh, off-label, and it's called Topamax or Topiramate. Although it's been marketed as an anticonvulsant and anti-migraine drug, my experience, uh, which I have described in detail and in publication, has been that relatively low doses rapidly seem to bring a halt to chronic post-traumatic stress disorder symptoms. So really very different strategies. How do you explain the neurobiology behind that? One of the major theories behind PTSD is that it is, one, a brain-based disorder. Two, that it involves an overactivation or hyperexcitability of the amygdala, the suborgan of the brain that's involved in ascribing emotional meaning to events, people, faces, things, as well as underactivity of the ventral medial prefrontal cortex and defects in functioning that still have to be defined in the hippocampus, the center for memory management in the brain. The use of Topamax seems to be that it is a very powerful suppressor of amygdala electrical activity, and it may be by a number of mechanisms that this agent is able to quiet the amygdala. What is striking is that most patients who have been treated with Topamax, within about one week's time, are able to have a complete suppression of the re-experiencing symptoms, such as intrusive memories and nightmares, that often take several weeks with uh, antidepressant medications, if that suppression ever does occur. So what is the rationale behind using the SSRIs to treat PTSD? There are rather nonspecific effects of serotonin on quieting the anxiety circuitry in the brain, or fear circuitry. And the thought has been, by enhancing serotonin activity, that that does seem to quiet PTSD. To be sure, there are clinical trials that have been done using these agents that have shown that they can be effective. The problem with those trials is they tend to be qualification trials for support of these drugs. Many of these agents then have been tested in patients that are not very representative. They are often PTSD without other comorbid conditions. And of many psychiatric illnesses, post-traumatic stress disorder is often comorbid. Sometimes it's called complex PTSD. And those are the patients that we most need to have tools to treat. Those are the patients where clinicians often have been disappointed by the use of the SSRIs, Paxil, and Zoloft. It seems to be that this may be a case of drugs which in selected patients can be useful, but overall are not as effective 
as they were efficacious in clinical trials. Now, certainly uh, Zoloft and Paxil have the FDA approval for PTSD. Might not all antidepressants be helpful? Well, actually, it was found that uh, many are not. The less serotonergic antidepressants are, the less likely they are to work for PTSD. Medications such as Welbutrin and the older tricyclic antidepressant, Dizipramine, were well studied and found not to have any efficacy for PTSD, whereas uh, the SSRIs have, to varying degrees, shown some measure of efficacy in those populations. Is there any way to sort the response rate, um, either by military versus civilian PTSD or gender-based? Any way to cut the data? In a number of the trials that have been done, and I think over the years, the tendency has been to see that these serotonin reuptake inhibitors actually are more likely to work in civilian, particularly female populations, and less likely to work in male military or combat populations. Any idea why that might be? There may be more complex PTSD in the populations that are seen in the military, and there certainly are are other confounding factors such as substance abuse, other major psychiatric disorders in that population that make those patients extremely hard to treat. There also, interestingly enough, tends to be a very strong placebo response to treatment in both populations, but particularly in the military population. Therefore, it has been difficult to show a separation from placebo with active treatments. I wonder, too, if in thinking about the differences in the trauma that military versus civilian patients might experience that, uh, and maybe I'm wrong here, but that military trauma, I would think, tends to be a little bit more ongoing. That I mean, if you're in a war, you're being traumatized nearly every day as opposed to civilian trauma, which may be more time limited. There is a tendency for people who are multiply traumatized to be harder to treat than patients who have discrete, limited numbers of trauma. That may be a factor. There may also be the trained aggressive response where military combatants are trained to bind their fear with aggression. And certainly it is well known that uh, patients with military PTSD can experience intermittent explosive reactions with a great deal of violent behavior that can be associated with flares of PTSD. This can also occur in the civilian population, but does not seem to be as common. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Boise psychiatrist Dr. Jeffrey Berlant. We are discussing the treatments for PTSD. Now, Jeff, earlier you had mentioned that PTSD routinely coexists with other disorders, and you mentioned substance abuse, for one. What other kinds of things go hand-in-hand with PTSD? PTSD is frequently associated with mood disorders, both major depression and bipolar disorder. It's also associated with other anxiety disorders, such as agoraphobia, sometimes uh, thought of as a fear of going outside, easily understood in the PTSD context as a fear of being attacked if one leaves your own safe den at home. It also is associated with other anxiety disorders such as panic disorder, generalized anxiety disorder. Borderline personality disorder, which patients who are always a challenge in all fields seem to have higher occurrences of trauma exposure and post-traumatic stress disorder. And finally, dissociative disorders, 
where people space out or trance out for periods of time as a way of coping with their anxiety, and not in an intentional way, but in an automatic, reflexive way, also seem to be associated with PTSD. Is it reasonable, uh, in terms of the treatment for PTSD, to really just focus on different symptoms? So treat the sleep disturbance with a sleeper, treat the mood disturbance with an antidepressant, treat the anxiety with a benzo. Can, can you do the sort of menu option for this? I think that approach is what we as clinicians have done for years, to be rather discouraged that it is difficult to help these patients to sleep. Benzodiazepines in general are not very effective for PTSD. We've used a variety of antidepressants with sometimes disappointing results, and we have found it very difficult to stabilize many of these patients with medications. Antipsychotic drugs have been used with only a slight benefit, particularly with the second generation atypical neuroleptic antipsychotics. So this has been a population where medication therapy has left a lot to be desired. So you mentioned earlier that you've used topiramate in these patients. What kind of success have you seen? I've had good success. The cluster of symptoms that seems to respond the best are re-experiencing symptoms, which, as I mentioned earlier, are reliving the original trauma, either in the form of flashbacks or simply re-experiencing memories, and nightmares in which the experience either is represented or represented symbolically. The other domains of hyperarousal and avoidance of behavior I've also seen improve, although this typically occurs later in the course of treatment. In my own experience, and these were open-label trials, over a four-week period using validated self-report structures, there was a 49% reduction in PTSD symptoms over a four-week period. And when I tried to do a simple prospective study using the same method, again, it had the same rate of improvement, 49% reduction in PTSD over four weeks. Do you think there's something peculiar about topiramate that would help these PTSD patients, or mightn't all anticonvulsants work? There have been a number of trials of anticonvulsants, many of which have given some open-label promise of being useful. The uh, probably most promising medication was Depakote, and that in several open-label trials was promising, but when finally subjected to monotherapy trials using placebo controls, was found not to separate from placebo. Other anticonvulsants, such as Tegretol, have given some promise, as well as Neurontin. However, we lack well-structured, prospective, double-blind controlled studies. Topiramate has had double-blind controlled studies conducted. The best executed of these studies was a double-blind trial that was done in Iran at a very reputable medical school and research institution. And in this study of 69 patients, what they found over 12 weeks is that there was a dramatic separation from placebo on total uh, PTSD symptoms, including re-experiencing symptoms. The clinical effect size for this difference when it was calculated was a rather remarkable 1.6. Wow. When we look at antidepressants that are available, such as Zoloft, which has a clinical effect size of 0.2 to 0.4, and uh, Paxil, which achieves 0.5 to 0.8, and even Prozac, which in one clinical civilian trial had an effect size of 
Topamax in that study seemed to be very impressive. What was distinctive about the Iranian trial is they had very few dropouts, so patients were able to be followed to completion. With the uh, American trials that have been done, there has been shown separation on the re-experiencing clusters, but not the other clusters. However, these were small trials, and they did they were troubled by sometimes very high dropout rates. Still, there are at least two double-blind controlled trials that say that Topamax is very helpful for the re-experiencing symptoms of PTSD. I want to thank our guest today, Dr. Jeffrey Berlant. We have been discussing the treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.